we're going to start now. Hopefully we don't uh, have an error again. Um, welcome to the... I mean, still, not again. Uh, hey, Rod, you want to do the intro? No. Okay. You didn't say you were about to do an intro. I'm about I to do an intro. I think he's ready now. Okay. Welcome to the first and possibly the last, for real this time, uh, Cosmic Pirate Podcast of 2016. Again. I hope everybody had a good new year. <laughs> good new year. <laughs> and it's almost Halloween, by golly. We're joined, we're joined by our tried and true, first of all, Cindy and Drew here with you in the in uh, Pennsylvania. We are joined with our tried and true friend, Roger, who we haven't just talked with in a very long time uh, in Florida. Hello, Roger. Hello. And thanks for joining us. And also tonight, we are joined by special local friend here in Pennsylvania, Kurt Hershey is joining us, and thank you for joining us, Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Good tag, V Gates. Uh, did you mind me mentioning your full name? I don't care. How Somebody about a social a security number? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> That's weird. That's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In in trying to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about tonight, um, we came up with a uh, top of my noggin prog rock bands topic. So we'll the usual get, preparation. We'll get into that. I have I have some some content we can go over here. Uh, I just threw together before we uh, got the call started an hour and a half ago, and just started recording now. <laughs> <laughs> Things never change, do they, Raj? Nope. So uh, Roger said he was bringing some wacky news to the table, which is uh, his department here. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same if I didn't. Right. It's grown to become Roger's department at uh, Cosmic Pirate to bring the wacky news. So what have you got for us tonight? Well, it was Slim Pickens again. There was a, a story recently about a, uh, a shark, Great White, that broke through the shark cage that a diver was in. Did you guys hear about that one? Yes. Did not. Did I didn't not. It was, yeah, it was oh, really funny. This was uh, down in uh, Mexico. Yep. And uh, they show the video. The shark is like coming out of the cage, up, you know, through the top, out of the water. And I mean, it's amazing. It's like you're looking at this, going, "Holy crap! How this shark get in there?" And after the shark manages to escape from the cage, the diver comes up out of there. And it's like, "Holy crap!" You know, you didn't realize this guy was down in there the whole time. Oh my god! So as I'm, I'm, you know, reading the story and preparing it for tonight, and I'm watching the uh, news on TV, and what happens? The same thing. Shark gets into another cage at the same place. I'm going, hmm, I don't think I'd want to be going diving in that area. They have a, a tendency to get into your cage. Oh, my God. That's uh, yeah, kind of weird. I, I've always thought it'd be cool to go like uh, diving with sharks and stuff like that. But uh, maybe not there. Yeah. Or with that. Uh... You, you mean you only dive where there's friendly sharks? Yeah. 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 Of course. Okay. The ones okay. that bring me beer. And yeah, and, and yeah. Land shark. Yeah, land shark. <laughs> okay. Any, uh, uh, any stupid criminals? Yeah, and unfortunately, this happened right here by me. <laughs> as long as it wasn't you. No, it wasn't me. But the guy goes to McDonald's over on 19, and uh, it, the, the uh, news article doesn't say what the argument was about, but he gets into an argument with this guy. Okay. That's at the uh, drive-through. You know, the guy working there. He's like reaching into the drive-through, trying to hit the guy, and uh, finally he takes off. <laughs> but he comes back a little while later with a an automatic pistol. Oh my god! And threatening to shoot this guy. It's like, 
Dude, it's McDonald's, man. Relax. What do you want? Some fries here? Take some fries. What what was his original beef? I don't know. It doesn't say. It just it was says two, that you know, be he had a dis- oh, yeah. dispute with the uh, guy working there. <laughs> Good one, Kurt. <laughs> I said no mustard. Yeah, his original beef was a, a double cheeseburger. He wanted two of them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Dan Hamburglar. There was uh, there was yeah. another uh, there was another incident with a McDonald's somebody doing something nutty like that. I forget where that one was. Um, I would not want to. How many stories have started with something weird happened at McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> How many stories start with something weird happened in Port Ritchie? Holy crap. Yeah. I swear, People Raj, Florida, you have the best stories there. Yeah, I, you know, I look up these stories and I'm going, please don't be Florida. Please don't be Florida. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this is so much fun to do this again. I'm glad we're doing this. We Yay. Should, we should make um, it twice a month. I mean, It almost is twice a month because it started so long ago. Well, it's been twice a year. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's been twice. <laughs> We're on the second episode this month already. Right. It's been twice a year. This this is the extended version. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my, this is just wonderful. Um, anything else? Um, yeah. This isn't really weird, but <laughs> in um, upstate New York. Somebody found almost $10,000 inside a shopping cart at, at a store, and they returned it. It's oh like, really? Why? Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Know. Please continue. It's the right thing to do. You know, they were nice people. I would have. Was but, it, uh, they found... it turns out that the uh, money that was in this envelope was the deposit from people that own um, a tractor supply store. Oh. And how they were at another store and you know, forgot the money in the shopping cart, it doesn't say here, but... Wow, that's how nutty. do you forget ten thousand dollars? You know, hey, yeah. I feel like something's and missing. And I'll tell you what. Oh yeah, you, it's all my money. I'll tell you what. If you happen to be the person who does steal that money when you find it, and and they and the people at the tractor supply store find out you did it, you don't want the people at the tractor supply store to be mad at you for stealing their money. I don't think, because you know, yeah, but, I think. Yeah, but. But think of all the prog rock albums you could have purchased with all that money. I know. Yeah, I'm thinking of How it. much money did you say it was, Raj? It was just under ten thousand dollars. It was like nine thousand eight hundred oh, or something oh, like oh, that. Oh. I find ten I find ten grand every day and I give it back every day and I get nothing for it. Yeah. yeah. You're a good so guy, there you Kurt. Go. There's, yeah. there's, there's there's your moral of the story. keep the ten grand. Exactly. Or then nobody can even <laughs> buy you a beer, you know, for that. I could buy like a a lot of beer with yeah. ten Oh my god, and more drums. Not like Don't you have you enough. Don't get like uh, yeah. another. Yeah, uh, I, need, I need more of those, Drew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should get a finder's fee if you find it. Yeah, right. Percent right off the top. Yeah, right? I want my twenty-five percent finder's fee, or is it fifty okay. percent now? Should be fifty. It I depends on how like big the guy is. Five percent of a wooden nickel is what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so. Uh, is that another wacky news, Raj? I'd hate to move it along, no, but... No, no, no. I'm going to have to give you another one. <laughs> you got another one? Okay. Yeah, oh, actually, I got a couple, but we'll just get one more because we're going to run out of time. Pick the best one. Well, when, when you when you start snoring, that's when we run out of time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, unless, Kurt, okay. unless Kurt has a, a, a curfew. No. In uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, Lebanon, there's a guy Tennessee. that's been banned from City Hall. Yeah. You know, there's actually... Uh, not, not a warrant. What do they call that? Um, 
restraining order against this guy. He's not allowed in the uh, municipal building. He's also running for mayor. Yeah. He's eligible to become mayor. <laughs> How can you be a mayor if you're not allowed in the building where your office is? So it'll be interesting to see if this guy wins. <laughs> is that is that the guy, is that is that the crackhead, the mayor from Canada? Is that him? No, 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 no. no this is in uh, Tennessee. Oh, same thing. Sorry. Who, Tommy Shanks? <laughs> is that the guy? The so is there, what's the backstory Tommy, Tommy there? What, why is this what guy not Shanks? allowed to go to the court building? He must have really, he must have did something bad. Drew, wasn't Tommy Shanks in Sticks? Yeah, he, he uh, played guitar, didn't he? Yeah. Tommy Shaw. Oh. Shanks, whatever. Shawshank. Shawshank. Tommy Shawshank and the yeah, Redemptions. <laughs> Tommy, yeah, <laughs> Tommy Shawshank in the. There we go. We got the name of a band and in the first album. See, yeah. How many people can have this conversation? Not many. Just I'm just saying. I thought Tommy Shanks was that uh, that John Candy character on SCTV. No, that's my golfing pro name because every ball I hit, Shanks to the left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything. There's such an open door there. Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. Drew and Cindy, I you're just talking took about a open doors. You and your big booms over there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You my shank, big... my ball goes to the left. We're professionals. Okay. That's right. I am left-handed. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm left-handed. It shanks to the left. Watch your shank. I'm just not saying beer anything. Beer anything. It. You keep your shank where we can see it, Kurt. Wait, never mind. What, what was tonight's topic again? <laughs> tonight's topic yeah. is prog rock knows? music. On that note, on that note, I'm going to go into uh, uh, on this day. I have a I have this book that my sister bought me years ago on this day in music history, and I oh, figured cool. since we're doing it, since we're doing a uh, since we're doing a podcast about music, I would uh, break it out and do a little trivia for you guys and our listeners. Bring it on. Um, who are many? I'm sure. Where do I win if I get it right? Oh, there's no trivia. No, it's just not trivia like a trivia game. You win just... a McDonald's McDouble free of charge. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to bring your own gun. And nobody attacks you at the drive-thru. <laughs> You'll be protected. No, um, no, there's no there's no prize for this, Roger. You just get to be on the podcast. Oh, joy. By the way, the Facebook page for Cosmic Pirate keeps getting views, and, and I don't know what's going on, but we only have like 56 people liking us on page i didn't even know there was a how do page? people keep liking it when we don't continue they it? don't keep liking it but we keep getting views so what you're saying is so, we're world famous with five likes that's amazing 50 something 50 something oh, likes. 50 uh, and then not all um, us i think so it might be 36 but it's i thought it was 50 something <laughs> right roger um, there are actually other people <laughs> right um but uh, but feel free to share it after this podcast goes live. Feel free to share it to more. You know, this will be found on iTunes. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, and other podcasts. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, Discount fins. What do they call those places where they uh, ag- uh, podcast aggregators? Uh, anyway, on this day, October, October 20th, 1962. Today's the 20th? What was... Oh crap! Today, gotta hope so, because that's the one. Is it the twentieth day? It is all day. It is. Yeah, that's why I asked Cindy earlier. So. Oh, you know what okay. that means? You're gonna, oh, have, you're gonna have to rush through editing. You can't go posting this around Christmas time. People are gonna be like, it takes two months. Maybe I should read the right. one from the twenty second then, so it's so it's current <laughs> when I post the podcast, <laughs> or maybe the thirty first. Roger, he's gonna post it next October. Yeah, we I go. can't. The night we're recording this. <laughs> 
it is currently the 20th, and I'm going to do one from the 20th because it's, it's, it's apropos for uh, the uh, time of month. It's, uh, I can't take uh, these big words, Drew. Timely? Timely. Uh, You're going to keep talking a, like uh, that. I'm leaving. Thank you, Cindy, for dumbing it down for me. I didn't know what it meant. I just <laughs> figured it out well, based apropos, on context. I think it might maybe a misuse of the word, but it kind of works. Uh, it's appro- have to Google appropriate that. for the time of year that, it, that the time of year that it is. So in the number one song in 1962, October 20th, anybody got a guess? Roger, you got a guess? Uh, repeat it, please. In October 20th, 1962, what song appropriate for this time of year made it to number one? Monster Mash? The Monster Mash, absolutely. Oh, right, Roger, Roger, you rock. That was my Damn, I'm good. You are. And you get you get a bonus prize of nothing. If you, you get a free Ray Parker Jr. t-shirt. <laughs> yes. And Kurt will buy it and ship it to you. Um, if you correctly name... <laughs> Never mind the ketchup stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> if you co- I said no ketchup. Got if you it. correctly name the artist who, who did that song. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. I know he was a DJ, though. Bobby... Grandpa Al Lewis. Bobby Boris Pickett. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, that was that was from uh, On This Day in Music History, a book by Jay Warner. I'll put a link to it on the uh, on the Facebook page there, in the oh, show notes goodness. on the podcast. Kurt. Um, yes, sir. Do you have any uh, any? Come on, spit it out. Sounds what? like sounds like. Two words. I was going to say if Kurt had anything <laughs> to add to the wacky news or anything he had heard in current events recently, not not referring to, of course, the disgusting display of political. Nothing new. On... Nothing new. Other yeah, let's than... leave politics out of <laughs> yeah. this, please. Well, you, please. You heard about the clowns in the area? Yes. Stuff? In fact, I, yes. I heard. I heard. Don't give it away. I heard there was. No, a we're not group... talking about them yet. No, but I heard there was a group of midget clowns that hid in a cornfield, but nobody knew they were there. <laughs> That's all I got. I did not know I need to be prepared it's... for wacky news. You didn't. Stories. You didn't have to be. One but... more beer, and I want to come up with some crazy stories. Let's move on to the uh, main topic: the prog rock bands. Yeah, man. Okay, the first question, and we can all address this uh, in our, okay. in our, with our own uh, personal uh, histories of our, you know, appreciation of prog rock. Because I'm pretty, I'm sure we're all uh, fans of progressive rock and roll. Um, we're gonna go first, Roger, then Kurt, and then we'll go to Cindy and me, um, or we can just all discuss this, uh, and we'll just see what happens. This is the question I'm going to pose to Roger, and then Kurt can do a follow-up. Oh boy, and I have I feel another. Like I'm being put on the spot here. I have another question for Kurt. Uh, Roger, when did you first get into progressive music, and why? And what bands were the primary, what you would call progressive bands that, that brought you or got you interested in that genre of music? It's what I like to listen to. I mean, I can't say uh, why I like it. It's just my personal preference. Okay what i enjoy but, i mean for me my favorite bands have always been yes and genesis okay then nice. later on we added rush into the mix yep some elo i think me and, and roger just became best friends we're all on, we go. we're all on the same page with that kindred uh, spirits here yeah and those are like the four the bands that come to my mind also is yes uh actually genesis wasn't the wasn't the the one right after that but yes uh i even i even thought kansas um Oh yeah, gotta have Kansas in there. Too. And uh, and Rush, of course. 
Um, what drew what drew you to it, Roger? Was it because just because they were different than what was the considered the norm or the pop stuff of the day, right? Well, it also had a lot to do with the people I was hanging around with at the time, you know. Right. Yep. That's what they enjoyed to listen to. That's exactly. what I was exposed to. I mean, because prior to listening to the progressive rock, basically all I was listening to was what my parents listened to, which would be, you know, music from the 50s and early 60s. Right. And, uh, you know, 70s come around and I reach my teens and I'm, you know, looking for some music to call my own. And this is what everybody else was listening to. It's what I enjoyed. I mean, you still had stuff on the radio, you know, Led Zeppelin and your Black Sabbath, you know, the heavier stuff and whatnot. But it's I, I liked it, but I tended to go toward the uh, progressive rock. That's what I enjoyed more. Okay. The next question I'm going to direct to Kurt. Um, yeah. Kurt, I think, might have a broader uh, knowledge of progressive music because uh, I think you're you're almost like a closet music historian. You have a, quite a collection of uh, of um, uh, documentary uh, like music? books, like biogra- biographical books, and and yep. a huge collection of music and photos yep. on his wall. I mean, Roger, if you ever saw uh, Kurt's drum room, it's just wall to wall pictures of famous people he's he's met and things like that. But what bands do you consider? Kurt, the early pioneers of progressive rock. I mean, go back as far as you want, 60s, 50s. Did you go back that far in your appreciation well, of... since I was born in 1918, <laughs> I'll start at uh, Bo Diddley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's funny. So you, you, you posed this question to me earlier today, so my brain's been thinking. So the earliest I can go back to, and I don't want to get into weird, the weird stories when you say Boy Scouts, but... <laughs> Like, like Roger said, because it's what your friends or peers were listening to, it's whenever we were at some sort of campout retreat, the older dudes were listening to Rush and Pink Floyd. And yes, mm-hmm. that that's just what I heard. I'm like, this is really cool stuff. Obviously, when you're that age, you could have been 12, 13, 14, 15. I don't remember what age I was, but I thought it was cool music. I didn't know it was prog music. It was just cool, right? Right. Yep. And as I got older... You know, Rush has probably been the staple. Rush and Pink Floyd was the staple from when I was a little kid of what now is, I know, prog rock. Like, I, the first time I was introduced to Pink Floyd's The Wall was my cousins, who were much older than me, on an 8-track. And later, yeah. an album. And in the album, you heard the, 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 the crackles of the album, which, oh, yeah. to me... It, it it has never sound better on than on album than it does on CD. Anyway, so mm-hmm. that's just what I first heard, right? And then you, you you go through adolescence and you hear pop radio and blah blah blah. But as I got into drumming, I gravitated more towards something that was more challenging and interesting, which at the time was early '80s. So I had Police and Stuart Copeland, but then you had I, I started with Phil Collins solo work knowing he was a drummer. Yeah. But the moment I learned more about his history, and like you said, Roger, before with Genesis, of like, holy crap, this guy does way more than Susudio, right? Oh, and yeah. You, you start, but, but it was that that helped me dig further back into And again, back then, to me, it wasn't labeled prog rock. It was just Genesis. It was Pink Floyd, or it was just Rush or Yes. It was what it was, and now there's all these labels to it. So 
and I, I love pop. I love all that stuff. But to me, my brain just appreciates quote unquote prog rock, whatever you want to call that. It's to my mind, it just makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and it's weird to do, define quote unquote prog rock. Like, what is it? Is it any song that's beyond seven minutes? Or right. is it someone who can play a 30 second note, you know, with all instruments playing at once? Or, you know, I, as where I grew up, it was early 80s where it really started to impact me but again i didn't realize it was what it was until i got older i'm like that's just what i like yeah i uh to me what progressive music is i mean it it's never changed it's i mean the music changes that is what progressive is progressive music is different than what the hell you're hearing on the radio correct except except back in the 70s and even 60s you were hearing progressive music on the radio because that is the stuff that was selling because people wanted to hear something different. Somehow, somewhere along the line, with the, with pop radio and and all that stuff and the insurgence of you know Euro pop bands and stuff in the eighties and all this stuff, that became more mainstream and pop and the and the three minute song was more more acceptable and mainstream. I mean, three minute songs from back in the forties and fifties. You know, let's face that. It was just they wanted that, that was prog rock. They wanted the yeah, but they wanted the quick. They wanted the quick satisfaction, boom, boom, get to the commercial and get the next song on. You couldn't have these long songs. And still, in the eight, and radio's always been kind of that way. But you had those nighttime radio stations or those rock radio stations that would play the, what, what that one lady in the Rush documentary said, the bathroom cut, where they could go, if they had to, put on the, long, put on <laughs> right. the longest cut on that album and go to the bathroom, and it would still be playing. Yep. But I mean, so a lot of the progressive music was longer. But to me, the essence of, progressive music is just it is it's trying something new it's doing something that you're not hearing on the radio maybe there's influences and similarities to what is popular in the day but it's doing it in a different way that's only done by an artist who's satisfying his own creative needs uh exactly and satisfying himself or themselves as a band and and creating something that is unique because it's from their heart from their imagination right and you right. and you don't get that with the executives and the people who want to make the money off the record saying no you can't do anything that's that different than what's on the radio we want these songs like these and then you become this cookie cutter you know you have this cookie cutter mentality where Nickelback? Every, same but different same but different same but different you know it was just to sell them they wanted to fit on a 45 and and sadly yeah. today, Drew, it's same but same. Same but same, yeah. And 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 it's even crossed over. You have music now that's that's mainstream rock radio music. That's like for, like Cindy said, Nickelback. You could take a Nickelback song, and and just change some of the lyrics, and you've got a country song. I've heard yep. I've heard more aggressive country sounding bands. The same exact formula. The songs are the same exact formula. And that, yep. to me, that's just another band that's doing what they're being told to do to make money so they don't lose their contract or whatever. And, and not to go yeah. too far off, you know, veering off the path that we're on with the topic, but with the Nickelback situation, I mean, I told Drew, their first album, I mean, this was, you know, back a ways. I actually loved I them. I did too. Their first album, I thought was you know, a little bit grungy, a little bit different. I mean, I've always, I'm not an artist. I'm not overly, you know, creative thinking like that when it comes to music, but I know what I like. 
And when something sounds, sounds fresh and different, I like it. And I like harder kind of stuff. And they had a harder kind of rock, but yet it was a little fresh and different. So I loved it. Their first album, yeah. I absolutely loved it. After that, they turned into this machine. And it was so disappointing. I'm glad you said this, Cindy, because I was just about to ask you, what do you think now? Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't I haven't listened to them after the first album because I heard a few songs right. on the radio and I was like, what the hell is this? It's they, just, you know, and then right. I heard another one. It sounds exactly the same. They had, it, it, it's, it's like corporate got a hold of them. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. They're, 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 first, they're holding them by the balls, you know? Yeah. Their first album was unique and, they're selling and out. different. They're un- their first album was what they created. And then they had a following, they got signed, and then it was like, okay, here's what you're going to do now. And, there, and, and what I really love about like bands like Rush or Yes, and back in the day, I don't know how the hell, maybe Rush helped even pave the way for these other progressive bands that weren't getting a fair shake because Rush actually were at that point in their career where they were on their third album and their record company was saying, we got to hear more of this, more stuff like Bad Company. And, and Rush was like, no, we're not going to do that. And their management said to the record company, sure, they'll do that, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get them to do more, more radio-friendly stuff, more pop stuff, whatever. Sure. And Rush came out with 2112. Uh-huh. The complete opposite. I think it's where they went for broke. Yeah. They complete flipped the bird. Well, let, let me, Drew, let me ask you the question. So we talk about, you talk about the quote-unquote label of prog rock. And sometimes I think back then it wasn't even, it was just music. Back then they call it like art rock. Like you can think of some of the early Bowie stuff. Right. And I might not, I might not call that prog rock, but it was in that same genre of Bowie doing what he wanted to do. But do you go back and look today? Can you go back and look at, it's easy to look at Rush. It's easy to look at Yes or King Crimson or any of those groups. But can you look at groups like, Jefferson Starship Airplane, whatever the hell they were called, through the years, yeah. or can and what's and their like name talked, today? And, and Roger, like we talked about before, but even joking, but um, uh, Jethro Tull. Back then, it was just great music. Today, it's looked upon as more prog rock stuff. So, I, what can we look at? What, what today do we go look back and go, oh my god, that's what was paving the way? Like Floyd was Pink Floyd, but today, do you look at that as Prog rock? Can I can I just interject uh, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What's your take? I mean, yeah, please do. You know, and this is this is the non-artist. You know, I mean, we got a couple people on here who are true musicians and and maybe can more easily, you know, put labels on things like this. I mean, after the fact, obviously, like you pointed out, uh, Kurt. But you know, from my point of view, it's about if something sounds fresh and different. I think right. later on, people recognize that you know what, that was progressive at the time. So progressive, that label, in my mind, is kind of an after-the-fact sort of sort of label. Sure. And, and what it means yeah. at the time is it doesn't fit into some neat little box that the music right. industry can label as, oh, it's country, oh, it's rock, oh, it's alternative. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. So really what it means is some artist just doing their thing, and later on it's recognized as, oh, well, that was, at the time, progressive because right. it was just artists doing something different. Right. Yeah, but later on, instead of calling it progressive, they started calling it alternative rock. That's true. That's another. That's another but, label. But see, to me, that's the problem with music: is people get worried about quote unquote a label. Where do you yeah. fall in? How How about you just stop and just say, 
do you like it or not? Is it good music or not good music? Exactly. I can't wait till we fast forward this conversation to today. What do you look at as quote unquote prog rock or who's, you know, moving the boundaries and, and continuing on with anything that's like, yeah. I hate to say it, like anti-pop. Like what, I have what some, else is there? I have some thoughts. Phenomenal. First of all, I want to, I want to actually go and change what I said about. No, nope, oh, can't God. change it. Progressive. Oh, God. Start doing no over. take back. Okay. I won't take it back. My progressive <laughs> rock, progressive rock to me was, was, and is still something that's doing something different than the mainstream, you know, but at the same time, I think progressive rock is the band that tries something different every time they record an album. They change a little bit. Their core sound is there. The players are the same. The voices are the same. They're trying a different style of things. They're trying to expand and create a different music for them. And I think for the main reason, they want to keep themselves challenged. They don't want yeah. to be bored with what they're doing. And these are guys who love playing music live. There is no, Kurt knows this as well as I do, there is no substitute for playing your music live in front of an audience who appreciates it and playing music that is uh, technically challenging to you, but also cool as hell. And if you're playing the same old bullshit, it's like, well, it's fun, it's, what it's, the fuck is that? It's funny you say that, Drew, because, again, you think of quote-unquote prog rock and you talk about people doing things doing different every single time so today's if you were to walk out to a group of musicians and said hey everybody who's your favorite prog rock band and they're going to yell out dream theater dream dream yeah. theater they're going to yell out symphony x yeah. or porcupine tree or yeah. Floyd or rock which 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 is which is great that's fine but let's just say hypothetically um jason moraz love jason moraz uh, i like him I, right, I think he's a phenomenal artist. I, I think he's not Johnny Justin Bieber pop star. Some albums kind of sound the same, but there's a point to his trying something a little bit different. So it's not drastically different, but I would never call him progressive rock. I would not call well, his him... last album was drastically different. Correct. I would not call him progressive rock. No, but I'm just I'm I'm only I'm only playing maybe playing devil advocate to what you're saying. I'm look at, always trying something different. So look, he, look at the band Fish, like Fish could be looked at as prog rock, but most people will call them a jam band. Right, right. But to me, they're closer to Zappa than anything closer to the Grateful Dead jam band. Uh, I wouldn't consider those bands progressive rock bands. They're rock bands. You got your hard rock bands. You've got your southern rock bands. You've got your folk rock bands. You've got your classic rock bands like Tom Petty, who does have some roots in like the folky genre, I guess. But there are musicians that just come around and do their thing and shine like the most miraculous, you know, supernova. And some shine for a year, some shine for three years, some shine for a decade or four decades. And, uh, it's it's like with the Jason Raz. I mean, I love his style. I love his voice. I love the music on his first album was super well produced. I mean, very well written, very clever, dynamic, interesting. It wasn't just a boom 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 little freaking ditty. You know what I mean? They it had substance to it. You can say the same about a band like uh, Crash Test Dummies. 
one of one of my other favorites. Now they had two albums, two or three albums that were really the, the God shoveled his feet by far. That was their. That's two more than I thought they had. Th- th- no, they got like they got like eight <laughs> or nine albums, but I mean it was mostly. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm it was kidding. mostly just the lead singer. After a while, was doing his own thing with some musicians. He didn't wasn't the full band really anymore. But the really that core band on that God shuffled his feet was like the best produced music that they did and and that's the one that sold the most for them and it had the most hits on it. i mean every single song on there is just so unique so dynamic and special it came from that band and it came from the mind of very creative people very creative person and, and the lead singer uh brad roberts he was a super creative but i'm saying is is jason mraz the crash test dummies uh example you have bands Tom Petty, Elton John, Billy Joel. Uh, you have these artists, David Bowie, Jackson Brown. You have these Zappa, Frank Zappa. But Frank Zappa, you see, I'm going to set him aside because, because let's I would agree. let's go down that list of of bands. He's a whole different category. First of all, let's go to let's take ca- Crash Test Dummies out. Let's do let's do Jason Mraz, you know John Mayer, which I'm not a huge John Mayer fan. Okay. But he's got a couple good songs that even that I kind of really dig because they do have that special uniqueness to them that's different, and 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 you got those those guys that that shine for a year or ten years or whatever. There's a shitload. All right. But you go back, you go back in history, to these bands that'll never, like, go away, or or musicians. You have Billy Joel, Elton John, David Bowie. Um, Tom Petty and Pink and, Floyd, and and these are artists that are unique in their own way, and and they've got something so special and so unique. You, there's just no one else that can touch them, you know. And and then you've got uh, other bands who are a dime a fucking dozen, and they're a producer's dream because they'll they'll you don't know who the hell the song is. I, I I don't I can't tell you how many times I turn on the radio and hear a song and go, who the hell is this? I don't know who it is, but they all sound the same. I don't know who it is, and I really don't even care. Right, so, you know. So, so what? So what you're saying? So, you know, I, I, and, and I, I like John Mayer. I think he's a better guitar player than anything else. But without getting into more into the pop world, then what do you think of someone like Prince? Prince was 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 an amazing songwriter. Like like, but I wouldn't even call him prog. I wouldn't even cl- I wouldn't even come close to calling prog. Right to get Prince to get back to the, the to get back to the prog. Right there, right. I think I think. We've got guys that are that are unique. You've got the Prince, the David. I would even consider David Bowie kind of a pop prog because the dude was just like unreal, and he had a super genre bending ability to come up with something that was unique every time, but yet based on what was popular of the day, and and to stand above the rest of them because he was just so unique with his voice and his and his personality in right. general, you know. We got a we got a huge group of like artists that are standout artists, singer songwriters, right? So and I wouldn't consider them progressive, but they were completely unique. Bruce Springsteen too. Not everybody's a huge Bruce fan. I love Bruce, especially his first Bruce. album, because nobody does better than their first album. You, you just made me throw up in my mouth right now. I love now. Bruce. I love Bruce's first album. It's horrible. No. Bruce's Horrible. first album, Greens from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Best shit I've ever heard. I love it. I will never not love that album. The best shit I ever heard was the one I took this morning. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Drew, let me just say this. So, 
well, let's let's go back a little. Let's re, let's let's go reverse for a minute. Into we all got into yes, and Rush and Floyd and even Jethro Tull. What happened after that? When I I, I mean back then was that considered rock rock quote unquote? I would even you know Pink Floyd. I think you could you could say they're a progressive band because they were so different, right? And actually had. Uh, things of substance to say about the times, you know, they, sure. they had things to say that affected people and that talked about issues like Rush has, like Yes did, uh, about personal feelings about things. Whereas other, other, a lot of other stuff is just about, Oh, love. Oh, I lost my girlfriend or, Oh, I lost my boyfriend. You know, love songs. A lot of it is what you find. But I think, where the hell are we going with this? I th I was gonna say I think I, it, <laughs> I think Pink Floyd can even be called a uh, a classic rock band because they are one of those bands but, you'll but, hear on classic rock radio. Called, but I think for sure they're a progressive band. Agree, but are they called classic rock because that's what mainstream whatever is telling you that's what they're called? Okay, here here's where I feel like I need to make a comment because the whole bring it the whole idea here tonight is okay progressive rock i think we all understand on some level what our thoughts are about what that means but part of the problem in not just industry but society and the people that love music in general is when something different comes along why the fuck do we feel like we need to categorize it and put it in a little neat little bucket right you know what exactly if we like it we like it if we don't we don't very good, right. very nice. Right. And that's part of the problem with some of these innovative, uber-creative individuals, bands, whatever the case may be, is that yep. is that not just society, but, you know, the, quote, powers that be that are, you know, deciding what's good, who gives a fuck what they say. But the point is, yeah. is, like, if they can't categorize them into some neat little box, and I don't mean to steal from, you know, the Rush documentary, but... But some of those yeah. people interviewed said it very, very well. It's like people have a problem with something that doesn't fit into a neat category that's already been established. Yep. And they have to have it labeled. Exactly. So so let's just rip all that bullshit away and and listen to the music. We like it, we don't like it. You know, forget about the labels. So not to like derail what this is, you know, intended to talk about prog rock. So Prog rock. No, but I that's think, a that's I think a bucket. That's why we're talking about right. That's yeah, a bucket. Exactly. It's it's a category of music. So what bottom the line, hell does that bottom mean? Bottom line, it's music, right? But I, I I and I do think there is the the you could say it's rock, it's pop, it's jazz, it's classical, it's ambient, it's country. I right. think those genres really work, and it's not you know it is all music. You have the top category music, then you have those basic genres of rock, country, jazz. Folk, classical, and uh, which 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 pretty much just describes Zappa, right? And, so it's kind of that's why it's hard to say which is which. So so Drew, let me ask you the question without derailing everything. So you asked me and Roger again of what started you, what brought you into this. So where do we go from here? What next? Because I got a lot of new bands that inspire me and and push that envelope. Because of what Floyd did, because of what Rush did, because of what uh, Jethro Tull did, 
independent of what you want to label them. Right. They're different and they, they, they do something for you because they're fresh right. and interesting. So, because, because of kind of the way Amazon does it when you buy an album or you search for an album, it says, if you like this, then you'll like this. Right. And, and today's world, that's awesome because if I were to search Porcupine Tree, one of my favorite all-time bands <clears throat> on this planet, if I search them, it's if you like them, then you'll like this. I've discovered so many other quote-unquote prog bands because of that band. So technology has helped me discover more prog bands because of that. Right. Um, I'm not not to derail you from your script. I have no script. There's a script. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't know. This, we're so far off this friggin' we're so far off the script right now. That's my next one of my next questions was who do you consider truly progressive bands of today? Dream Theater, Porcupine Tree. How about bands like Nine Inch Nails? I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fans and a fan, and I would consider them a progressive type of industrial rock type of music. Although there's elements, although there's elements of pop and and techno in the Nine Inch Nails too, especially their the newer album. Depends on how you how do you def, how do you define progressive? Right. Progressive cuts across all it does like it basic does. genres you because can have progressive you can have, country, exactly. progressive jazz. Progressive you know. just means you're doing something different and you're evolving and you're elevating mm-hmm. your artistry. In my mind, that's what it means. Exactly, and and I'm. I'm it's not a special bucket. Yeah. It's a special level of any genre. Exactly. You've got the big bucket of music. You've got the subcategories of country, rock, blah, blah, blah. But you, progressive is a category under each of those. Progressive means evolution. Yes. So it means you are elevating. Change. And doing something different in and whatever. Not, and not change for change's sake. Changing places. Change for the sake of, of. You have to. Feeling different and unique about what you're doing. Now, I don't know, but. Give me a reason to like Porcupine Tree because I I listened to one of their albums because they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some of their you're stuff. Wel- with... You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> someone told me they're like, oh, if you like Rush, you like Porcupine Tree, and I listened to Porcupine Tree, and I said maybe completely, completely different. Exactly. I'm like maybe that was the wrong way to think about it because someone told me that if you like Rush, you like Porcupine Tree. So I listened to and it that's thinking... A bad, that's a bad way to describe Porcupine Tree. So, yeah, then so you're you, expecting something. So, Kurt, you tell me how I should approach it the next time I listen to Porcupine Tree. So, to, to me, Ugh. I would never... I would... Thank you. I can smell that. I can smell that from here. I so me, too. And, uh, I actually and can. Sure Roger can, too, in the different time zone of Florida that he's in. So <laughs> I'm in the same time zone. It is? I'm yeah. so confused. So he's in a totally different time zone. It doesn't matter where he is. Plus five, or is it minus right. five? So okay. So think pro- progressive music the way society labels it. So Porcupine Tree fits into that because they have songs that are quote unquote tw- you know twenty six minutes long or crazy instrumentals, amazing chops, all that stuff. To me, all I would say stuff. all that stuff. I would say if you like Pink Floyd. And you want more of an edge or a bite to Pink Floyd? Try Porcupine Tree. Because to me, that's what they're about. I, I was, no joke. We were at a King's X concert. Everybody know who King's X is? Heard of them. I've heard of them. Heard of them? Oh, my God. That's the next, that's the next podcast all about King's X. 
uh, uh, they're from Texas Power Trio. Power Trio. I wouldn't call them prop rock. They're amazing. Anyway, this guy told me, hey, check out Porcupine Tree. I'm like, what are you talking about? But because it was just something different, the earlier stuff is very Pink Floydish, meaning we call it ambient and just obscure, just like long 15-minute tracks of nothingness, yeah. and then a rock thing for a minute and nothing. So over time, I discovered, but I understand how people say, oh, if you like Rush, like Porcupine Tree. To me, in today's age, Porcupine Tree is that group today carrying the torch of something that challenges your mind. Something cool. that is so different than what you read or listen to the radio today. But amazing music. All five of them are just off the charts with musicianship. Yeah. But musically, it's off. It's just like the greatest music you've ever heard in your life. It's amazing. Right. Now, looking forward to uh, checking you, it out, Kurt. Thank you. I have some stuff in our library. Now, uh, as far as to, you said chops. Now, Mm -hmm. Being an amazing musician does not make you a progressive musician. Correct. There are, and that, and I'm not knocking country. I love some country music, mm -hmm. and there are yep. hugely talented guitar players and drummers and and Correct. bassists, musicians in country music. And you just don't hear them. Oh, well, you hear them. You hear them. <laughs> there, there are session players and stuff like that. Guitar. There are session players in studios across America who have chops like you wouldn't believe, and yep. and why aren't they in a pro maybe just they just want to play their play their music and make their money, but um, you just answered your question. Yeah, a different uh, different objective that they have. Yeah. A different objective. Uh, maybe they're not a writer; they're just a player. But but uh, with um, with regard to the the like the dream theater and stuff, these guys. Like you got the keyboard player duplicating exactly what you know uh, the guitar player, His Majesty is doing on on his guitar, and His Majesty. Yeah, his his <laughs> coming from the guitar player. Kurt knows what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And Jordan Rudis is that good? Just saying. Yeah, I I know, but why? Why do why they have to why play? Which? It's like they're showing but see, off just see, because they can do I, it. I, I, and I, I hate, don't I find hate. that music. I don't find... To, to, to me, to me, Dream Theater is the poster boy of what Justin Bieber is for pop. They were great. Thank you. They, they, they kind of they re-broke open that window in like 1993 of, oh my God, these guys are amazing. And yeah. you're like, yeah. people, people did this a long time ago and it stopped and now it's back. So the first couple, of, and, and I, I do like them, but oh, trust but, me, I, the album, first couple albums, I, I enjoyed listening to some of the stuff. Yeah, but, but, but I kind of got into but it. But then after, three albums later, it was the same stuff. Thank you. It's the same thing. <laughs> Nothing now, changed. I'm not taking. I'm not taking anything away from what these guys can physically do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's why Mike Portnoy talented left Dream Theater in the beginning was they're hugely talented. It's, this, it's the same stuff. Ape and I went Big to a concert and saw them, and she loved it, but. Even myself, after 20 minutes, you're like, is this the same song or a new song? Yeah. So I, I feel like Dream Theater, I, I hate to even bring them up because they are that the, the huge current flag waver of prog rock. But there's so much more to it. To me, I'm, I'm beyond that. And please go listen to someone like Porcupine Tree or a band I just discovered the other week called Pineapple Thief. Okay. Out, of no, out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And you listen, I'm like, oh, my God. There is other music out there that is so beautiful and amazing with groups like Pineapple Thief or a group like Riverside 
and it and again to me it's thankful to amazon.com of if you like this then you'll like this and i discovered groups like uh it's a group called stratman s-t-r-a-t-t-m-a-m the drummer from if, if any of you guys heard the group called spock's beard yes i've heard of them not familiar with the music okay though. They are amazing. They're really good. They're borderline the next generation of Genesis. Okay. Good pop songs, good vocals, great chops, and they did X amount of albums. Their singer left right after the quote-unquote double album, you know, <laughs> Lamb Lies on Broadway. Right. They, they did the album. Their singer left. Their drummer, I'm not kidding you, their drummer became the lead singer, just like Phil Collins did of Genesis that's Spock's beard. They're really, really, really good. Somehow, if because of that drummer, who eventually left that band, played drums on some solo band, and they're called Stratman. They're amazing. And so there's this stuff out there that people just don't know about. Yeah. It's a shame. And and uh, how much of it is about like one individual person in that band? Is there a key? songwriter brain in that band that's bringing the the most out of that band uh in any of these instances for example dream theater i think is and i don't even want to bring them up again after this but these songs were these songs written by the band well well i can answer that only because i have been and was a dream theater freak that for the most part they were written by most of the band the lyrics actually were done by Mike Portnoy. Oh, no kidding. The drummer who left after, what, 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 five or six years ago? So a bulk of it was most of the band, but usually you saw like one or two names each time when you wrote. But in, and, but in the story of like Spock's Beard, who maybe after this podcast, four people buy an album. So great. Dude, I will, you give me these band names and we'll provide links on Facebook to their Amazon. We, we, we should end this with, at the end of the day, go try these guys out. So Spock's beard, after the main guy left, the main singer, like like Peter Gabriel, you know, the same guy, Peter Gabriel left that group, and they still do amazing albums to this day. Yeah. Um, but Neil was the main songwriter. But it always goes back to, like, ah, it's never as good as that original four or five guys. Right. The end. Merry Christmas. Thank you. So where were we? I know. Um, I, I think it's Roger's turn. He hasn't talked in a while. Roger hasn't. That's because I keep dropping out. Oh my God! Speak now, forever hold your peace. I'm speaking. Roger, current currently, have you heard any new uh, bands that that uh, you consider uh, entertaining and and maybe progressive in a sense, or or what are you digging nowadays? Actually, uh, nothing new. Nothing. I haven't I haven't been keeping up with it. Like no Lee Rittenauer or Platypus. No. No Tommy Shaw. Tommy Shaw. Wait, Shawshank? Wait, 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 wait. Tommy Shawshank. Tommy Shawshank. Yeah, and the Redemptions. That's a good band, too. <laughs> I remember the band called The Wings. Remember them? What, uh, Paul McCartney? With or without Paul McCartney. <laughs> that was actually some good music right there. As was Toto. Next question. <laughs> I'm, t I'm writing a note, sorry. There was a band we saw in the... Uh, called Horshack. They're a cover band. Horseshack? <laughs> yeah. Like a welcome back, Connor? Yeah, yeah. but when you Mr. said Tommy Shaw, it reminded us of it. We were in Toronto at the, awesome. at the Orbit Room. The Orbit Room, which is part owned by Alex Lifeson, Rush, the Rush guitar player. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, 
their their keyboard player reminded Cindy of Tommy oh, Shaw. Oh, he looked just like him, and he was he was so intense. Uh, very good band, great players. The name of the band is Horseshack, and they play at the Orbit Room like every Sunday. Seriously, they're there every Sunday. Um, Drew, yeah. What other questions did you have for this podcast? I have no more questions. Go ahead. Go, Kurt. Uh, Lady Gaga purchased the Frank Zappa estate out in California. So at least it's gone to, quote-unquote, a musical family. I may not be a, a Lady Gaga fan, and I would never call her prog rock, but she is challenging, pushing borders. She can sing her ass off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you were to go out to YouTube, you'll see what I'm talking about. The Zappa estate is just out of this world. Everything from a ping-pong table, uh, tennis court racket, mm-hmm. On the top of his house, full recording studio, pools, everything. It's one of the coolest things you'll ever watch in your life, and I wish I could have toured it one time in my life. Never mind. Let's go back to talking about Glass Tiger. No, did you see the doc- <laughs> and their new did, album? Did you and see the new album? They have a new album. Like, Are you kidding me? There's only half a They're member left. You. Oh, half a member. <laughs> there's only Which half, half? Of a guy left. What was it's the, him what and was the half their... of the guy from Kasha Gugu. Oh. What was their hit song? <laughs> oh, Kasha Gugu, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I went there. <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be magical. What was their main oh, song? What was their what was their hit song? First, what was the hit song Which Glass one? Tiger? Glass Kasha Tiger. Gugu or Class I already told you what that was. Hang on, let me use the Google and I'll find out. The Google? Something about, about don't let me go. You know how or, use it? What about catching what about Kasha Gugu. Kasha Gugu is too shy, shy, hush, hush. That's a good. So, that's a good song. I like that. Is that, is that, that band? Right? Shy, yes. shy, hush, hush. Out of why? I'm, I'm, huh? I'm usually pretty good with one-hit wonders. Drew, we did not get to talk about Aha. Aha. I love Aha. Aha. <laughs> they had they had a couple of great albums there with uh, with the first one that had uh, it was Scoundrel Days, right? And then the the one with. Uh, the one with uh, we, we don't have enough time to get into that. No, we don't. We don't. But that, that's another episode. Pop music, maybe for the next. That'd one. That'd be a fun one, because the first one is high and low, or sorry, hunting high and low. Hunting high and low, right? One. Exactly. Hunting high and low, good album. And then uh, um, to, to most of the most of the world, they dropped off after that, but they had about ten albums in. They had good music after that too. I would um, concur. But I was a I was a big Aha fan. I also like, and Cindy's like, oh my god. Um, there's a band that did a song. Called, uh, I was like, uh, I don't know, 17, 16, watching some stupid TV. Like two years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and there was this TV show, this movie called Rad. It was about bicycle riders. I remember that. You remember that movie? Oh my God, I remember that. They did like a stupid dance on their bikes. This guy and this girl. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, right? And it's like this, it was just like that, it was like that movie uh, Roller Boogie with Linda Blair where she does this yeah. dance on the skates with a guy. Just, they're on their bicycles doing this stupid, like, you know, dance with with the mirror ball light going and stuff like that. Yep. The song was Send Me an Angel by the band. Oh my God, yes! Uh, Real Life. No, not the band, yes, but yeah. Real Life. Send Me an Angel. Yeah, I actually like that song. That's a good song. I love that song. That was a good song. 
I think we have a new episode for another day. We've got. We definitely have an episode for another day. It was. Um, I I would like to thank I still you guys. Have April's Aha tour bucks when she saw them. Just saying. Oh really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Go. We know another episode is going through uh, Kurt's pictures in his uh, drum room to tell us who he's met. That's another uh, episode. Yeah, we can do that. We'll fly you up for that, Roger. Okay. Or right, let's let's close out the show and then don't don't hang up yet. We're we're still on the line. Um, All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the Cosmic Pirate Podcast. Hopefully this will not be the last episode of 2016. I thank Kurt and our friend Roger from Florida joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Roger's awesome, still, as always. Roger's still there. <laughs> I think I'm here. What, are you eating M&Ms? <laughs> no. No. Thanks for joining. Kurt added a lot to the show, I think. Uh, I hope so. Vast knowledge. You paid, of, you of paid me like $4 million, so... <laughs> You're getting more than me. You're only getting three? You're only yeah. getting three. <laughs> you know, you, if you want good talent, you got to pay for it. Um, right. So thanks, everyone. Yeah, but everyone. all I get is these IOUs. <laughs> you got, you have, you have like, you have like nine, you have like a billion of them by now. Big stack. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks, everyone, for, for quote unquote tuning in to the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Cosmic Pirate Podcast. Thanks all. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen, Schnitzels. <laughs> <laughs>